What's going on, everyone? I am Kelly Cavallero. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. And welcome to another fun, interesting edition of Controversial Conversations. This one could be a doozy. You know, I always like them. I'm big on this topic. People have been asking us to do one, so uh, we decided to do one. And this is all about learning technique. Yep. That magical T word. We've actually had quite a few requests to do a podcast about this. We were looking through our notes of what people wanted us to talk about, and there there were a lot. So I said, why don't we do that? Let's tackle it. So so we're going to tackle the whole learning technique in a social atmosphere, which what most of the line dancing that people who are listening to this do. There is also competition line dancing, and technique is definitely needed in there, but a lot of people don't think that technique is needed in social, and I know we both wholeheartedly disagree with that statement. Right. Um, I'm going to start by saying that I came from um, a bar dancing background. So when I started line dancing, I went to a local club in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Didn't know anything about dancing. I When I was 19, so I started line dancing when I was 20 six or something like that Uh, the only dance training i really had before that when i was in camp as a teenager they taught us single count swing no technique involved it was just do this with a hold on to a girl and do this and i'm like i don't really like this (laughs) but but simply because i wonder why (laughs) no because there was no guidance it was like here are the steps but nothing about you know how to lead the girl or how to make the turn work other than do your arm like it was you know it wasn't you know it wasn't very specific, let's put it that way. So then when I started, oh, and then when I was 19, I took just three months of ballroom. Uh, and I honestly don't remember what rhythm she was teaching me. I cannot remember. I know it was something Latin. Um, and I got into an argument with my instructor because I'm Puerto Rican. My father is Puerto Rican. And to me, Latin stuff feels very comfortable on my body. And my body wants to move a certain way. And she basically said to me, well, we don't do it like that in ballroom. And I said, but that's what the music is telling me to do. So I got in trouble right away there. But I also don't remember learning a lot of technique there either. It was mostly about figures, you know, do right. this pattern and blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe a teeny tiny bit of technique. But I think mostly at that point, it was all about getting my money to make me want to take further lessons in the studio, really, honestly. So coming into line dancing, I really had no specific training in dance technique whatsoever coming in raw right and then started to take lessons at the club enjoyed the dances but again there was nothing not a single word ever said about technique how to do anything properly other than keep your hands at your belt you know there was nothing above and beyond that Uh, nothing about turn technique and as most of us know i think if anybody has come from a bar background or you go to a bar bar dancers like to spin not all of them but bar dancers like to spin so I like turning as well back then, and turn technique would have been really useful, but none of that was shared. So my first exposure to dance technique was when I started going to dance conventions. And I was like a sponge. I wanted to know all of it, right? Because to me, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to lay this out there, because some people say, I hear this a lot, well, I just want to have fun. It should just be about having fun. And I'm like, but you know what? To me, any activity that we do, and I think you would agree with me on this, any activity that you that you want to thoroughly enjoy, if you know how to do it well, it's more fun for you, right? If it's a struggle, it's not as much fun. If you're if you're if you're turning and falling off balance, to me, that's not fun. Um, if your knees hurt or your hips hurt when you're done dancing for five and a half six hours, you're doing something wrong, and you should learn how to fix it so that it's 
not injuring you and it's actually more fun for you and your body. So when I first started learning technique, I was like, this is fascinating. This is helping me because back then I did everything. I did line, I did pattern partner, right. I did couples. So, and most honestly, all the technique I learned back then was from couples. There was no line dance technique being taught anywhere at that point. So I had to learn everything from couples, but all of the information I learned in those couples lessons translated into all the dancing that I do. It wasn't just applicable to, to dancing with a partner because I learned things about frame, which is useful no matter what kind of dancing you're doing, right? Um, and to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this little section up by saying, to me, it always feels like, well, it's true in my case, and I think it's true for most dancers that we admire. If I had not learned any of that, I would not be the dancer I am now. I wouldn't be where I am right. in my career either. Um, but above and beyond whether you want a career in, in dancing of any kind, that's, that's not the point. But the point is learning that made me a better dancer all the way around, no matter, socially and professionally. Uh, I definitely agreed when you said that obviously if we want to do something, if we're good at it, it makes it more enjoyable. I think a big of the problem is, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, a lot of people already think they're doing it good. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think they're doing it great and amazing and are, are this awesome person on the floor, even though they are either ahead of the beat, behind the beat half the time, they're off balance when spinning, they fall out of their turns and all that. See, good point. Um, I came a lot of the ways like John did. You know, I started in a bar. But again, he did it up in Wisconsin. I did it here in, in the line dance capital world, Orlando, <laughs> in, in Florida. I was very privileged. I walk into a bar called Wild Horse Saloon, and they did line dance lessons six out of the seven nights a week. Yes, you heard me correctly, guys. Every night but Wednesday at the Wild Horse Saloon, when it was open, had line dance lessons. Haas Martin was the instructor. On Wednesdays, they did two-step lessons. Really, back then, didn't like it. But I would eventually start taking all the – I literally was there every night. I worked at Disney. I lived 20 minutes away from from Pleasure Island. So I was there every night. Met a guy. Kind of became famous when he eventually got invited to go on the circuit. Um, but back then he was just another dancer in the club, and his name was Guyton Mundy. So I was very fortunate in what I was learning. Even before I had ever been to my first dance event, I danced in a bar and was still dancing – this amazing stuff. But I, again, when I first went to events, you know, Guyton had the dance team. We competed. We did all this different stuff. I, um, I met my ex-wife and I lost a bet and I ended up in a couple studio and pretty much about two and a half, three years into my dancing. If that, I end up taking lessons on in couples with two UCWDC world champions in Sean Swayze and Donna Bonham Steinfeld. So I learned technique pretty quick. And I'll say this as a guy adjusting to learning and going from line dance to couples was pretty easy. I do notice when females followers, however you want to put it, go from learning line dance to couples. They have that already that a little bit of a problem sometimes because they're used to doing stuff on their own and they're not used to being mm. led. Mm. But technique, what well, he said, like John said earlier, Technique across the board is technique, you know, body positioning, posture, frame, you know, how to move to a beat, musicality, you know, learning to actually dance on on the rhythm, not right. a waltz comes on and you're trying to polka, <laughs> which we still see 
all the time. Uh-huh. So, and I'm glad you just said that really quick because I'm going to say I love it when I'm at a dance, wherever socially or at an event. I've heard this at events too, and people are like, "Oh, I love a good waltz," and it's a rumba or a t- <laughs> it's just yeah. a slow song, and they think it's every slow song is a waltz. I'm like, no, waltz has its own characteristics. Yeah, but, this whole we can get into the whole rolling eight issue because <laughs> that's a whole different topic on another day for another time. But, but my biggest thing, and I don't understand why people don't do it more because they always say, why don't people offer technique classes? Why don't events offer technique classes? First of all, you know, it's 2022. Well, at least at the time of recording, by the time I, I post this, it might not be 2022, <laughs> but at the time we recorded this, it's the end of 2022. We have this little thing called the internet. Yeah. And we have this great thing called YouTube. Yep. If you Google on YouTube, just search on YouTube, like technique for such and such dance, guarantee you're going to get some amazing results. I have a very good friend, Brian Barakowskis, probably the most decorated line dance competitor of all time, um, multi-time superstar, which is the highest level of line dance in um, UCWDC, um, world champion. He was a Masters in couples in the UCWDC, um, finished second. Uh, so he is very decorated, and he uh, runs this thing called West Coast Swing Online. But he has videos that are all about just movement on there as well, you know. And um, a lot of ballroom instructors have a lot of movement videos. Like, you can find anything. Yeah. Anything. And this is coming from a guy who runs a video production company who sells videos. I'm even telling you, you can go find it for free because how do you think I learned how to do video production? I searched and I learned, I watched YouTube videos. Right. That's how I learned how to that's, edit videos. That's like me learning my music production. Right. Uh, but I'm, I just want to jump in because um, I'm glad you brought up Brian because I know Brian when he started. Right. Right. And when Brian started line dancing, he started the same way as I did in a bar, mm-hmm. at a country bar. Yep. Completely raw, no technique, no charisma if you want to call it that <laughs> and he studied it yes. he made it a mission because i remember him specifically at events where he would just sit on the floor at you know at floor level watching our feet mm-hmm. and he would watch me and um i can't think who was all you know the biggest dancers back then probably pedro i'm sure pedro yep. was there pedro machado and various others he would literally sit on the floor just to watch our feet and to learn like what we did and i remember back then sometimes he would ask me questions about things and to me by that point a lot of it was just second nature mm-hmm. so trying to explain to him he's like what are the body dynamics of when you do this blah blah, blah. and i'm like um mm, i don't know i have to think about that because i just do it naturally so that's going to segue into my kind of my next point about this is the people that say it's a lot of work and it is if you're not familiar with it it's just like learning anything else do you want to know how to rebuild an engine where well, you're going to have to learn it doesn't come naturally that's something you have to learn technique is the same thing you need to learn it so over time, it's going to become what we call muscle memory. And I always use the analogy when I teach my technique workshops and people freak out. Actually, I'm just going to go there right now. So what I typically do when I teach a technique class is I take a line dance. Everybody already knows. Oh, and if they don't know it, I'll teach it really quick. And I usually use Dizzy because Dizzy has turns. Dizzy has direction changes. Dizzy has patterns that are symmetrical and patterns that are asymmetrical. So it's a great one for me to use for technique because there's a lot of different steps used in it and different patterns. But the point is people who think they know dizzy before the workshop by the end can't do dizzy anymore 
<laughs> and it's all because they're focusing on well, what foot position should I be in? Where are my arms? What you know? Where am I spotting if I'm turning? So if you've never done technique before, it can be overwhelming it, it, because it's new information. It's just like learning in school when you first had to learn how to read or do higher level mathematical equations you didn't know how to do that it it was painful it was not easy some of us are more talented and you can pick up things quicker but there's still a learning curve there's still a learning process my point is after time it's going to become muscle memory over time Re that requires practice though and that's one of the one of the super important things about learning technique or anything else that we do in dancing is to practice it over and over point being at some point, it's going to become muscle memory, and it's not going to seem so stressful, so much stuff to remember. But you have to start somewhere. The, the, the problem is, though, John, what happens if you uh, do it over and over again wrong? Because mm -hmm. then you're, it's going to be muscle yeah. memory into you to incorrectly. Unlearn. And this yeah. is, I think, I have a big problem with. And I think sometimes, at least I've seen it, and I, again, I see a lot of schedules. I pay attention to a lot of people who post about what they're teaching. I think some of the wrong people are teaching some of the technique classes because mm. uh, they think just because let, – let me go ahead and say this, and I've said this over and over again. Just because you're a good dancer doesn't make you a good choreographer. Just because you're a good choreographer doesn't make you a good instructor and vice versa. You can be a great instructor, can't write a dance to save a lick, or you can't dance to save a lick. Just because you can teach a line dance doesn't mean you know how to teach technique. That's a big thing. And I think that's what – at least I see the misinterpretation a lot. Right. Everybody automatically assumes, oh, well, such and such is getting booked to do this. They must be the per – no, no. Just because they're getting booked to go teach a line dance doesn't mean you should go teach – go take this person's a class on them doing cha-cha technique. Right. That doesn't – that does not – they do not coexist. Yes, there are some people that can do it. There are some. There, I, I call them the triple threat. You know, we've referred to this on my radio show on when we did the podcasting before. There are amazing people in the industry that can do all three. Amazing. But th that might be 5% of our industry, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, I think that's a big where where we're lacking because – yeah, and, and it's hard because you could. I've I've sat in on different people teaching it, and they teach it all differently. So mm. then, if if this would be the question, is yeah, <laughs> I was just going to touch on that. So who do you listen to then? Right, and that becomes the problem. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, when you said that, certain people's faces popped into my brain. But <laughs> oh, I'm very well aware. I could. I'm I'm sitting across I'm, from you. I could tell. I'm not going to say them on here, even though it's controversial conversations. And that's I, just, I no, feel that's a little less right. limited, but I'm not going to call out specific people. But here's the thing. You brought up a very good point. We have the internet. We have YouTube. If I'm ever questioning something. So I'll, let me tell you something. Somebody questioned me about waltz technique once. And I was explaining about rise and fall and how to accomplishment, accomplish it. And we basically got into a little argument, if you want to call that, a little tiff about it. Because she said I was doing it incorrectly. And I'm like, well, that's really odd because I've learned from some of the top people, waltz people, like at the time when I started dancing, it was Bob and Sarah Bars. They I mean, <laughs> talk about an expert in waltz. <laughs> you want to talk about one of the probably the greatest smooth dancers our industry has ever seen? Exactly. And <laughs> yes. So this woman, got, she's like, well, that's not how we do it in ballroom. I said, well, number Which one. Which is funny because that's where they came from. <laughs> right. But I also said, 
we're, what's happening is we're looking at people coming from a country background, dancing to country songs, and they're used to doing this thing that I like to call falling in the hole when they waltz. You know, Pendulum. Yep. Right. To get the rise and fall, yep. they think they have to step into a hole and then come out. Anyway, she basically argued with me, and I thought, well, am I mistaken? Like, have I been wrong about this? So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on how to correctly do rise and fall. I'm like, that's exactly how I was explaining it. And mm-hmm. then she, she told me – you need to talk to Rachel because Rachel knows how to do waltz properly. And I said, okay. So I, t- <laughs> so I talked to Rachel and Rachel, Rachel basically said exactly what I had said. And she's like, I don't know what her problem was. But anyway, point being. Because you're you and she's Rachel. That's what the problem. Yeah. I guarantee you that's what the problem was. <laughs> I and guess. this is, the, and I think, I and, I, and that's what I'm meaning. People will automatically assume just because someone is a thing that they know more than right. someone who's not. And, I, I yeah, but <laughs> aligning with this was the fact that I can go online, and there are many times when just to reinforce my knowledge, I'll go look something up on YouTube. And what I suggest, if you follow Kelly's advice there and go online, don't just watch one person's video. No, right? You can search for you know basic waltz technique, but then watch like twelve of them because you're going to get people who teach at a studio and really haven't gotten any formal training let's put it that way yep or have not competed or gotten coached and then you're gonna you're gonna see videos from people who actually have coached and have competed at the highest levels and the other aspect of that too is some instructors don't explain things very clearly oh yeah no that's that's another biggie right so it it helps to to go and even if you're doing it live let's say it's important to do this when you're watching videos online but it's also important to take multiple technique classes wherever they're offered because you're going to get material presented in different ways sometimes something will click with you it will resonate sometimes it doesn't um i have worked with several people throughout the years who came to me for a little bit of private coaching i don't do it a lot because i don't really have a lot of time but sometimes just the way I explain it or, you know, sometimes I actually physically have to touch the person's body to get them to move into the position where they need to be because words just don't always cut it, right? And that's one thing that you can't really always accomplish with a video. That's why in-person right. technique lessons are really helpful if you need that guidance, right? But sometimes they say, oh, well, so I tried to learn this from so-and-so, but it, it didn't really make sense. But now the way you've said it, the what, what the exercise you just had me do has helped it clear it up in my head and it makes more sense to me. Same thing other way around. I might explain something to somebody and they don't get it, but they go to Robert Royston or Joe Thompson Szymanski or whoever, and they're like, oh, the way that person explained that to me, it made more sense to me. So keep yourself open to learning technique from multiple sources is the point there. Yeah. The, there are two things that I found when I was learning technique and started getting really serious and, and being competitive and wanting to be the most most technical dancer I possibly could. One, you got to be okay with touching. The the one thing I found, and this is even when as me teaching something or me learning something, is to get into touch the other person that's trying to teach it because I can feel how their body feels. Yep. Like especially with frame, like when when you're trying to get a frame and I roll, you roll your shoulders back and you lock in, and you can feel how that shoulder hits, and it's stuff like that. And the other thing is, and I'll credit this to. Um, when I was really getting serious into dancing um, Division One um, in the UCWDC, Rex Jones, he was a master at how to break stuff down and keep it as simple and stupid as possible. He always referred to it, and he referred to this as the Gomer Pile method. Mm-hmm. You know, you've at 
you got to explain it like you're teaching Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Like two step, especially. Like I used when I taught in Texas and I was teaching couples couples lessons in Texas. Sundays were the big big group class day. Our studio was packed from from morning to mid afternoon because um, wives could get their their husbands out of the house and we'd have big group classes and I had this one group of guys who all played high school football together. They were in their 40s and 50s. They all went to the thing and I got them all to learn how to two-step by transmitting it into something they remembered and it was football drills. Like mm, the whole high stepping through, yeah, through yeah, tires yeah. to get, their, get them to step to time, you know, different different stuff like that and you got to find a way if you're really good at teaching you find ways to explain to people like you have so to make relatable. it relatable exactly you have to make it relatable to what they know yep. and that's the big big key big key especially when it comes to the technique stuff because anybody can learn choreography you can teach you can teach the same thing over and over again and I, we call this i i refer to it as people are have fomo People think that they're going to miss out on not knowing the greatest, the, the greatest, hottest new new dance craze that someone is writing. And guess what? If you wait three weeks and you're going to the next event, guess what they're going to do? They're going to teach it again. Yeah. And again. Yep. And again. There's like 18 things ran through my head while you're talking, so help me remember them all. So <laughs> um, the first thing that popped to my brain, I believe it was a workshop with Rex and Rachel back then, I think. But – I was at an event where they did uh, couples and line dancing. It was probably Peach State. It w- nope, this was somewhere else. Um, but and that's why I'm not sure it was them. I think it was them. But it was so funny because they did a pattern. It was West Coast Swing. Mm-hmm. They demonstrated the pattern. They had taught the workshop, and they were teaching people how to execute the pattern properly, not just going through the step patterns, but actually here's how this is yep. the, where you need to be to lead it, and this is what the where the woman has to keep her hands so she's ready for you know blah blah blah. And then they demoed it at the end. And one of the, the attendees said, you make it look so easy. And it was so funny because I, I think it was Rich. I'm not sure, but I kind of think it was them. But he said, well, you make it look so hard. That sounds like, <laughs> yeah, that, sounds that, like, that sounds like say. something Rich yeah, would yeah. say. That's why and I think it was them. For someone, but, and I know we're talking about couples, <laughs> couples instruction right here. <laughs> but anytime you think a line dance instructor is going hard on you, Spend a day training with Rex Jones. <laughs> that man has made, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty tough guy. That man, that man will make you feel an inch tall. But <laughs> guess what? He trains world champions. And yeah. let me tell you, him. I remember the one year at Worlds, being there. Pro Am, couples is a big thing now in the uc back book this was back right when line was fading out and it went bigger overseas and um we're in nashville tennessee and it was a year if i'm pretty sure gary mcintyre rex jones had every pro-am world champion between the Mm -hmm. two of them that's a lot of divisions in the in the females every one from the youngest to the oldest every skill level it was some of the greatest thing to watch and when you really can coach and really can like that's why i love watching when like roy and fiona have their students there or when rachel has her students there or, or fred or shane coaching with for at least the competitive side they take it so serious and guys we're not saying go balls to the wall and take 400 lessons in technique start take one 
Yeah, You'd be surprised what one one technique class will do to your dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you put it into practice. So I'm going to jump on the other yeah. topics before I forget. So what I thought was so important and impactful about his statement, you make it look so hard, is that people were struck. The people in the class who were learning were struggling. And part of that has to do with they didn't know how to execute the moves. They were raw, and they needed that guidance. They needed that coaching. So he wasn't being rude. He was being honest. And I've said that, too, when, I, when people say, because people come up to me, oh, you, you look so smooth, and it just looks so easy and effortless. You, like, glide across the floor. And, you know, you make it the same thing. You make it look so easy. I go, well, you make it look so hard because the reason is because you haven't learned the technique, right? And this touches on... Oh, God, I'm not going to remember all the things that popped in my head. Um, oh, what you said about drills, because mm-hmm. that's what made me think of this. So you talked about the football drills. There are drills that you can do to ingrain that technique into your body. Yep. So um, Miles and Tessa did a workshop, a, a turn technique workshop. Oh, online. yeah. They, yeah, they're yeah. really good at and that. And I actually joined it. I subscribed mm-hmm. to it because I wanted to see how they taught it. Yep. And... All of the turning things, I think there was one little thing that I picked up that I learned that I hadn't heard before. So that was useful to me. The rest of it I all knew. You know, I like I know how to execute Shanae turns and how yeah. to spot, you know, I know all that stuff already. But I wanted to see how they presented the material. And the drills that they did were really cool. Yes. They had some drills that I thought, ooh, we need to do those in line dancing as well, because those would be applicable to the types of movements and patterns we're doing in line dancing, even from a basic level. And now that I've said that <laughs> I'm going to say that if you're an instructor listening to this, I hope we have instructors who listen to this, I don't care what level your students are. In fact, if they're beginner, that's probably where you should be incorporating technique into the class to start with. Because, as Kelly said earlier, once you've created bad muscle memory, it's going to be much more difficult to get rid of it. And I'm going to go into a quick little story, which I don't know if I've told this story before on the podcast, but I'm going to tell it now because it it relates. So a woman came up to me, I think it was at one of the Florida events, and she was upset because her doctor told her she needed to stop line dancing. Uh, She said every time she line dances, her shoulder hurt or her back hurt or something. And he was like, well, then you're just going to have to stop because they couldn't figure out why. Like, Mm -hmm. why is it causing you some? And I mean pain. Like, she couldn't dance. She had to leave and go to her room. Um, So I said, well, that's weird. I mean, I'm not weird that you're having an issue, but let's try to figure it out. Um, I said, I'm not a doctor or a chiropractor, but I kind of know how to move properly, so I'll see if I can help you. So I said, what dance do you know that you can just do without thinking? You can just do it. We don't need the music right now because we're in a hallway doing this lesson i said whatever you you can just dance on the spot no music that you're very comfortable with so she couldn't think of anything of course as most people do when you put them on the spot i said do you know dizzy and she said yes i said great just do that i'll count you in so i'm i watch her and the first thing that happens right before she starts to move is she raises one shoulder and pushes it forward and i'm like well that's odd i wonder if she's gonna return that shoulder where it belongs But the whole time she was dancing, she had this shoulder raised up and pushed forward. And I'm going, huh. So I said, relax, relax. And she stopped. Her shoulder went back to neutral where it belonged. And I said, let's try it again. So counted her in. Same exact thing happens. As soon as we got to five, six, seven, eight, the shoulder came up and forward. Well, I could visually see her whole spine was being curved and twisted because she was pulling one side of her body forward and up. And she had no idea that she was doing this. It was bad muscle memory she created somehow, somewhere along the way. And I said to her, after the third time watching her do this, I said, 
do you mind if I touch you? I need to touch you. There's a reason. I said, it's, it's going to be up here. And I indicated her upper body area. I said, I just need your permission. She said, okay, yes. So she started dancing and I walked behind her and I put my hand on her shoulder and pushed it down and pulled it back where it belonged. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I am fixing your shoulder. She's like, what do you mean? She had no idea she was doing this. I, and then I showed her when she stopped. I said, this is what you're doing. And I visually showed her on my body. You're taking this shoulder, pulling it up and pushing it forward. I said, and if you're dancing like this for hours, I said, it's, I can feel it in my own spine how it's, it's twisting me and curving me because it was causing really severe back problems for her. So I said, here's what's going to need to happen. I cannot stand behind you while you're dancing all night on the social dance floor and pull your shoulder down and back. You're going to need to remind yourself that you're doing it. So next day she comes to me in tears and she said, I want you to know I was able for the first time in years to dance. I think she said she danced for three hours before she started feeling the pain. And she said, I've not been able to dance that long in forever. And she said she realized when the pain came back, she had started to pull her shoulder up and forward again. And I'm like, there you go. So that was a very, very strong example to me of how poor technique and poor muscle memory can cause you physical pain. And she was not enjoying line dancing. And her doctor told her she'd have to stop. But really, all she had to learn was the proper technique of how to hold her frame, keep her shoulder relaxed and comfortable where it belonged, and fix that, that poor muscle memory. Back to my point about when to teach technique if you're an instructor or when to learn technique if you're a dancer start early don't yes. wait and i know people say you know because sometimes we go to workshops and people are like oh i just want to learn the dance i don't want to stand there for 10 minutes while they talk about turn technique or whatever i'm like well are you an expert at it are you that good at it that you don't need the lesson on how to do that technique because i watch you and i'm not impressed well see and that's what i'm curious <laughs> so i'm curious of the real reason why people don't want to but you know what they keep saying that they the whole we just want to have fun i get it but the question is why if that's how the instructor wants to teach his class you know um and i'll use scott blevins as a great reference here if you notice scott probably only releases four sometimes five new dances a year and teaches them over and over again why because by the you guys i don't care how good of a dancer you are anybody who says they can learn the dance in one lesson and be perfect at it you're a liar. <laughs> you know, it, there, there's reasons why people take it over and over again. And why we teach them. And why they again. teach them over and over again. Yes, people can learn. I, you know, as being a professional, you know, John and I can both need, learn a dance if we needed to an hour before we needed to go do it. Is it going to be absolutely perfect? No. Can right. we learn it enough to know if we can get through it because they need us to do something with it? Right. Yes. Yep. There's a difference between having it nailed down and knowing it good enough to go out there and make it through three and a half minutes. Huge difference. Massive difference. And to make it look good. Right. So, John, let me ask you this question, and this is going to cause a possible issue. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your thoughts on instructors changing choreography or changing the way something's done in a dance to mm -hmm. uh, accommodate and they use the excuses to accommodate their class and in case you just can't guys see because we're on, on a podcast I use my air quotes there <laughs> when I feel it's really to because they don't 
like it and they want to because yeah. here's my theory so, on this. If you're going to change something to accommodate your class, find a new dance. Mm. Find a new dance. You, obviously, you don't need to be teaching it to your class. Your class can't handle it. Or you doesn't if you if you, all of a sudden you're teaching this 32 count if you're teaching a beginner class and you have this beginner class and you have a 32 count dance and let's say there is a four count section there you don't like or you say your students aren't going to like so you change it to accommodate you bull I'm going to call bull I'm going to call the BS card I'm going to throw it down because guess <laughs> what. There's reasons we write it as choreographers. There's reasons we write the dance. Because guess what? Now when your students go there, they're going to look odd because they're doing four counts different than the rest of the room. So <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot there to, to deal with. Um, there's a couple sides to that right off the bat. Number one, you may have people who have limitations, like physical limitations. Um, and I'll give you an example from my own experience. I was teaching actually a technique workshop and I was talking about it was about turning so I was talking about spotting and I was talking about you need to turn your eyes in the direction you want to go and of course that involves turning your head and your neck and one of the ladies in the class had a plate in her neck and so she literally physically couldn't turn her neck to look that way that so, I get yeah. I get the so whole we, taking spins out that's right, not what right, I'm, right, right. that's oh, no. not what I'm but referring it, to right. and I know I'm going to get there give me a, <laughs> give me a minute um, so you do have people with physical limitations right and those Sometimes you do need to accommodate that. Right. So, for example, if you need to adjust a turn, and I do that even when I teach my own choreography, I'll tell them, you can just walk here, or you can yep. do a quarter instead of a three-quarter, because um, sometimes people get dizzy, and that might be a physical thing. It might not be a technique thing or a, a mental limitation, because I'm going to talk about mental limitations in a, in a second. But sometimes if you have physical limitations, I get it. I think what you're referring to specifically, and I've seen this a lot as well, are the mental limitations where you have an instructor who doesn't know how to execute the move properly because they either haven't been trained or they haven't taken the time and the initiative to learn themselves how to do it. And honestly, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second because I've been teaching since 1994 and I still try That's to a learn. Great year. I was a freshman in high school in 1994. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> uh -huh. Anyway, but I still, to this day, try to learn new techniques, new skills, new approaches to teaching, as well as dancing, as long as I've been doing this. I don't feel like I know, I, no one's ever going to know everything. There's uh, even the top people, I'm going off on a tangent, but even the top competitors still have coaches. They still go to people and they still learn. That's my point. Um, but anyway, so you have the mental limitation of the person either teaching it or putting the limitations on the students. Sometimes yeah. teachers think they think their students can't do it. And I'm going to say a specific example I know from when I was on tour, and this has happened to me more than once, but I have one specific example in mind where the local, instead, local, local instructor I was teaching for said to me, well, my students are at the most high beginner. So don't teach them anything harder than high beginner. Like don't teach them an improver level dance. They'll freak out. They won't, they won't like it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hold on. I'm raising my hand even <laughs> though no one can see it right now. I'm going to bring up this right off the rip. What in all of Tarnation is the difference between a high beginner dance and an improver dance? Uh. Because no offense, guys. 
High beginner is not a level. <laughs> beginner right. level. Right. Absolute beginner is yeah. a level. So what she meant, yes. That's there's no difference here. Right. What she meant was her dancers are beginners. They're capable of doing some things that are a little more challenging, but they weren't, you know, to that supposedly they weren't to the stage where they could learn something a little more difficult. My feeling is when I travel and teach is I want to push people. That's the that's part of what being a teacher is, right? And that's part of what I feel why people bring me to their lessons is they don't want the status quo because right. why else would they – then they could just teach and not have me there. Why even bring me in? So, of course, I'm going to push them a little bit. So I, of course, said, sure, sure, don't worry about it. And, you know, underneath, kind of like Kelly here, I had ulterior <laughs> motives. So I taught them a couple easy, definitely beginner level. They were great. They loved them. And then I said, okay, here comes another easy one. We're going to have fun with this. I didn't preface it by saying this one's harder. Mm -hmm. This one will be more challenging because right away you're setting up a mental block by saying that, right? Right. Um, I said, this one is going to be super fun. There may be some patterns in it you might not be familiar with yet, but by the end you'll know them and you'll be like, cool, I learned how to do a turning coaster or whatever the heck it is, right? And they loved it. They had a great time with it. Nobody sat down. Nobody got upset. Nobody knew they were being taught something a little more challenging than what they were used to. So the instructor said to me afterwards, oh, my God, I didn't think they'd be able to do it. That was so, you know, I'm glad you did it. And I'm like, well, to me, that's a limitation in the instructor's head, not a limitation in the dancer's head. So I'm going to throw that out to the out there to the instructors i think sometimes we put limitations on our own students and think they don't want technique or think they can't do it i think they do it because they don't want to lose a student or i think that's i think that's i yeah. see this a lot I, I see this a lot in in the bar atmosphere mm. in places that uh, have multiple I know, classes yeah. i know we're going with this and it's just <laughs> they're afraid because they, they refer to them as their students yeah. well if you're in a bar atmosphere and there's multiple teachers no they're not your students they're the bar students first of all but even so, if you're only teaching beginner classes and someone wants to broaden their horizons, let them. Yep. Guess what? Because there's going to be someone to replace them. And if they like you as an instructor and they want to still spend time with you, guess what? They're still going to come to your beginner class even though they want to go take another class that's harder. Yep. It, it, it's Don't limit the dancer just because you're afraid of losing $5. Exactly. That's and the pro that, I think that I think that's the bigger problem than anything. I think that's what it comes down to is they are afraid. Yeah, instructors, you do not own your students. No, and I think that's the <laughs> biggest key. You know, um, I'll use the example from this last – at the time of recording this, we just got done with Florida Lineage Classic. And um, I taught – I got asked to teach a beginner class. I gave two dances because I know, one, if it's going to take you 55 minutes to teach one beginner class at a, a convention, we need to talk. <laughs> Call me. Me and John are here for you. We will gladly, gladly talk you through this 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 issue. But I've never seen it happen where it's taken one, where you get one thing. So most people will submit two. So I submitted two, one of my own. I ain't worried. And then another dance called uh, I Talk Too Much by Susie Bow. And I prefaced it with both these dances are 32 counts. Both these dances have no tags and restarts. One is faster than the other, and one has a trickier step. That's how I told it to them. You know, I didn't tell them exactly what they're doing. I didn't tell them exactly what, and I and I walked them through it. Both of them. We got through both dances, danced multiple times in 45 minutes, because I led them to believe that it didn't matter. It should have one of the dances technically probably been listed as an improver. Yeah, 
It probably would. I believe on the one step sheet they have it listed as a beginner slash improver, which again, another topic. <laughs> right. But because there is one trickier step. But if you break it down, most people are doing the steps already. In some way, shape, or form, they're doing a step already. It's just getting them to do it all together as one. And if you break it down and show them the technique behind it, that's going to be the key. And this is another one I'll say, and a lot of people will disagree with me. Their first gumption of the way they teach and go to someone is they automatically go slower. And I disagree with that. I think sometimes if you have something that's a little bit faster, because it doesn't give the dancer time to overthink. Right. Because if they have to just move and keep that momentum yeah. going, they don't have time to overthink that they can't do it. And also, sometimes that works. Also, varying the pace is good for a class also. Agreed. Um, I don't want to lose my train of thought because i got two things. Um, number one, backing up a little bit to the – and this actually goes with what you're talking about right now. Students will model their instructors. Whatever you do, they will copy you. Um, so yep. if you do not have good technique – if you haven't been bothered to learn it, you are then impressing upon those people who are coming to you for lessons, whether you realize it or not, they're going to follow you. So if you have poor turn technique, they're going to imitate it. That's what yep. I mean. However you dance, they're going to imitate you, whatever you do, whether you know it, whether you consciously tell them or not, that's what happens when you, it's with a physical activity like dancing. The students will model the instructor. So again, that's both physical and mental. Right. If you feel it's hard, they're going to think it's hard. If you present it, you know, like if you say, oh, you know, this one's going to be, you know, there's a hard step in here and it's probably going to take us longer to learn it. It's funny to me because I haven't done this for as long as I have. And I think we've talked about this before. Sometimes the part I think is going to be difficult. They get right away. Right. right? It's the and easy stuff. Time, they yeah. have the hardest. Problem <laughs> and other times you're like, this should be so easy. Why are you struggling? Um, but anyway. Students will model the instructor. So it's super important to any instructor in any venue, especially at a bar, if you, if you let me go there, because I come from a bar background. Um, you see the people, and I'm just going to jump off on you know, my brain. It goes off on tangents. So this wasn't even at a club, but I've seen this happen at clubs. Nobody teaches them how to turn properly. So you have the spinners. Some of them sort of innately know how to control the spin, right? They just sort and of. And for the record, guys, there's a huge difference between spinning and turning. <laughs> yeah, okay? Right. There is an actual proper way to make yourself go around. Not just let's just heave it at the wind and pray that we get around and see how many times we can get around. Right. It's, there is actual. Yeah. There's, there's technique. actually technique yeah. there, guys. Yeah. Body positioning, momentum. Building up torque, right. releasing the torque. Yeah, all that good stuff. So sometimes I'll see people who actually, they can do it. And then sometimes I'm scared they're going to wipe out the 12 people standing around them. So I'm going to go with a little story that happened at a dance event I was teaching at that wasn't in a bar. But it was a beginner class. And there was an older gentleman. Most of the class was probably older at that particular workshop. This dude was standing in the front row. And I was teaching something beginner that had a quarter turn in it, okay? And I do not know where he learned this. I don't know if he just did it because he thought it was right. I don't know why his regular instructor didn't help him fix this. But he wound up, <laughs> meaning he swung his arms behind him, and it looked like he was going to go twirling off like a tornado through the whole floor. 
I'm not kidding. This is not an exaggeration when I say all the ladies around him backed away when he did this. Because he's, it seriously looked like he was winding up to do like, you know, 16 turns in a row. And I'm going, I'm thinking in my head, dude, you don't need that much momentum for a quarter turn. <laughs> like, why are you doing that? But that was somebody didn't bother to teach him the proper way to do that. And why his instructor didn't say anything, I don't know. But it was scaring the people around him. So that was a very obvious example of somebody who had again created poor muscle memory but wasn't obviously ever taught how to do turns correctly it's great if you know how to spin it's great if you want to spin I, there's nothing wrong with that in my eyes just learn to do it properly because when you do it properly and this i'm going to jump off again we saw at world championships last year they did this really cool thing where they had um what's what's um growing again it's not a new thing but country swing so they did this great little country thing on the first night of the of the event and they had a competition and <laughs> couples could do country swing or or they could also had line dance and it was fascinating to me to watch because number one that's my background that's where i come from so it was really cool like the energy was great the room was on fire it it that was that rawness, that raw emotion, and the, the excitement level was there. But I'm watching some of the competitors, specifically the ones doing country swing, and they're doing aerials and lifts and, you know, dropping the girls or her heads, like almost touching the ground. And I'm going, sometimes I'm like, wow, that was amazing. Other times I was doing, oh, shit. <laughs> it looked like somebody was going to get hurt because they haven't learned to do those moves correctly. If you know, the moves are fantastic. But they're much more impressive and safe if you know exactly how to do them. And had to do them on beat. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I was there videotape and live streaming. I was there for that. That was not That was not the easiest competition to watch. And that's <laughs> It was honestly parts of it were really cool, but I spent Then there was parts of it I like what about, were these people? Yeah, I spent it, about 3 quarters of it being frightened cuz yeah. I was worried someone's going to get hurt. Seriously, I and I know they do it all the time, but I'm watching and the body mechanics aren't there and the the technique of of how to make the lift happen or how to hold it was I it was scary to watch cuz you're like she could somebody could get, you know, somebody could break their neck. Seriously, I'm not joking. Well, no, and I'm not either and I know we've been asked one of the questions. I know we've been asked to do a show on on how country swing is affecting mm -hmm. line dance and the big thing I'm I'm having trouble with watching these competitions, and it comes down to this: is the people with the technique aren't the ones winning. It's mm -hmm. it's it, and that's Flash what and I'm, trash. yes, <laughs> it's it's it, yeah. and that's what it's becoming hard to, and that and that kind of ties in the technique and the country swing is a whole nother conversation. But same thing with bar the bar line dance. The question is, you have to determine one: what are you being judged on, and two: if you want technique in it, you know, you got to give it. Like I just watched a competition a couple weeks ago at the barn, and um, I I asked somebody I go I'm curious how this person made the finals because being a competitor for all these years, when the same person was off beat for the first two rounds mm -hmm. and they made it all the way to the finals, I understand like like well the judges might have been watching. I go first of all you had seven or nine judges watching. I go if the, there's one of you one, more than one of you had to catch that. And if you didn't, you were obviously not bother looking at whether or not they're on time. You were just looking at what they're wearing. Mm. And that's I think that's what it comes down to is if you're going to do it, take pride in it. That's a big thing. Um, and if you want to learn more technique, as I know we've gotten asked of people, how do we learn it for the people at home or not going to conventions? Mm. One, use YouTube. Two, yep. if you're going to events and you want to see it at events, email your it. event director. 
email your event director yeah. and over and over again get many people to email your event director but the problem is you have to ask for it and then you actually have to attend go. it okay <laughs> the good news that's Kelly. the attend you have to yeah. go to them you have to show that you want them yeah the good news is i think there's a, a there's a greater percentage of people that actually are interested and want to learn that now because i've been doing some classes like that over the last couple of years and like at um, Florida Line Dance Classic that we were just at, I had a class on musicality, which was my biggest class of the whole weekend. Yeah, that was a that was I was I was very impressed with the size of that class. I walked into the end of that because I was um, getting set up for the competition because it was held on Saturday morning. Uh, and that's that's the other thing too. If you're going to ask for them, ask for them and don't make sure that you don't put them at this random time where it's set up. I call it the set up to fail hour. Mm. It's it's you know it's. And that's and that becomes a, a lot of the time too. Nine times out of ten, and that was I think Florida Classic was an anomaly because you were on Saturday morning. You were the ten to eleven hour, and the ten o'clock class is the which if that's the first class of the day, you're playing Russian roulette with it anyway, right. whether or not someone's going to show up on time. But seeing from a guy who sees every schedule because that making video schedules. Most of the time, you see technique classes put up against the biggest, hottest new dance yeah. of the weekend, yep. and that's yep. nine times. Out, most people are are going to look at him like, "Okay, do I wait now to learn technique, or do I go take Roy and Fiona's brand new spanking dance that he just wrote with 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 whoever?" That's where it comes down to. Because so now you're making people. And granted, you always got to make people choose. I get that, but there are hours in the day that the choice will become a little bit more easier for someone to take a technique class. You know, if it's not up against two great dances being taught, and I think that's where it becomes. You know, I'm being very serious here. Is it more important to learn that dance now, or is it more important that you have this rare opportunity to learn something useful and helpful to you? And maybe you should spend time on that because then when you do learn that dance, it'll be easier and it'll feel better on your body. And that's one of the things I was going to talk about, about if let's say you don't get to go to lots of conventions, as we said earlier, go on the internet, but you can also set up if you need to set up like a zoom coaching class with somebody that you admire that you want to be able to dance. Like if you love how Rachel McEnany white dances might be a little tricky. She's only got four kids, but, (laughs) but you know, set up, maybe set up something. If you, if you need to do, it's not, I think it's helpful. It's probably, in my opinion, it's easier when you're in person because when I'm in person doing a lesson with somebody, I can fix them immediately. I can see what they're doing physically. Right. I, like you said, if I have to touch them and, and move their body a certain position, I can help them immediately. Um, but there are options, right? Take advantage of the options. If there's, And I'm going to just say this because if there's an NTA training class in your area, just go. It's helpful to any – the information they present is useful, right? Some people might not, the pro, not, might not like the program. They might not find all the information helpful. But I'm just saying there will be useful information in it. So like at Dancing Up a Storm, which I co-hosted with Karen Hedges in Kansas City – we had NTA classes, and it was a perfect opportunity because I think it was what like twenty five bucks, and you could you could go to any of the classes throughout the weekend, the NTA workshops, yeah. and it, the information presented is useful. There'll always be something you'll gain from it. So when you have my point is when you have the opportunity to do it live, do it. If you don't, find ways to make it happen. You know, I've had people message me about trying to do something. Um, over the internet, which doesn't really work for me because of where I live. And, you know, when I'm on the road, it's a lot harder to set that up. But point being, 
take advantage of whatever opportunities there are. And if there aren't, try to create one. Reach out. Don't be don't be afraid to reach out to somebody you admire. So let's say you love the way I love watching Roy how does the Broto dance. He inspires me because we both have a similar goofy way that we like to interpret music, right? But and his technique is a little bit different than my technique. He's, you know, I love what he what he brings. That's why Guyton was so fantastic. Oh, and that was another topic I forgot to talk about that popped into my head when we were talking earlier. The cool thing about Guyton Monday when he was on the circuit teaching his funky stuff, right? I would watch him do a demo, and I would think, there ain't nobody in this room that's going to look good doing that. Because, you know, Guyton had the tutting, and I mean, he was just... It was amazing to watch him, and it was I seriously liked just watching him dance because he would, the choreography he brought was awesome. But I'm thinking, no one's going to look like that. And then I would go in his – I did this a lot. I'd go in his class and just observe. And Guyton did not just teach the stuff, the steps, the patterns, but he taught the technique of how to make it work. So I remember uh, talking with him once, and I said, I cannot do the moonwalk. He's like – Sure, you just need to learn how. I said, I can't do the moonwalk. I have tried. I watched tutorials online. Like, you know, I did. I literally watched you. I'm like, I want to learn how. Because moonwalking, everyone's, anybody moonwalks, people are like, ah, they think it's like the coolest thing ever. So I had tried and tried and tried. And so he taught me the actual technique of here's how you raise. And I've watched tons of videos about how to do it. But the way he broke it down made more sense in my head. So I still can't moonwalk. But the way the way he explained it to right. me made more sense. And that's what I'm talking about. He took the time to explain how to do the patterns. So the people in the class actually looked good doing that dance routine, right? So it's a matter of taking advantage of the opportunities that are there. If there isn't one, make an opportunity. Reach out to the instructor that you admire um, anywhere in any form of dance. I watch, I cannot tell you how many different styles of dancing I watch just to watch people's execution and technique and also their musicality. I want to see, I'm going to jump on this for a little, a quick second. So I like to watch, let's say Megan Trainer has a new song out, right? And there are dance studios and choreographers, and I'm not talking line dancing. I'm talking about mm-hmm. choreographers who teach at dance studios. And they'll create like a cool little routine to usually it's one verse and one chorus. It's never the whole song like we do in line dancing. It's usually a verse and a chorus, right? They just want a cool routine to do that. But if it's a hot new song, there may be six of these types of choreographers who jump on it. And yeah. they all will interpret the song differently. Really? I love watching that stuff because it gives me not just – different forms of of patterns that they do do it but also sometimes the execution is different like this person did it real soft and this person did it more hard-edged or staccato versus you know flowy um and that's fascinating to me because people are all different but the technique is universal right if you know how to move your body right learn about body mechanics that's probably one of the biggest things is just know how does the human body function and i i say this a lot when i teach my technique workshops i go do you walk around like that every day in your everyday life? And people are like, no. I'm like, well, why do you do that when you're dancing? Why do you hold your arms in that weird position? Why do you, you know, why do you turn your foot in when you're about to go to the right? That makes no sense. You're creating, it's going to hurt. You're, you're not going with your body's natural flow. And a lot of times what I'll say is, uh, like, for example, in my recent class, I was talking about something, probably turn technique. And I said, look in the direction you want to go when you're driving your car. And you want to turn left. Do you look 
up at the sky? Do you look down at the floor? You're going to glance quickly to the right to make sure no one's coming, but you're going to look. When you steer the car, you're not going to steer the car to turn it left by looking to your right. You're going to look in the direction you want to turn the car. The same thing is true with your technique, whatever it might be, right? And it requires, as I've said before, it requires practice. So once you get the guidance, you have to put in the work. That's that's part of it, right, Kelly? Yeah, yeah it's a no huge part of it. No one can do it for you. You've got to actually practice. And, and I, th- I think that's another downfall of line dancing is that people, and this was obvious when I taught my musicality class, I said, do you all go home and practice this dance when you get home from class? No. Well, no, and a lot of it, and this is the thing, and this came up during COVID, is you know, not everybody has a spot at home to practice. Mm. And this became, because everyone, the whole, we talked about this on a different podcast about how everyone wanted a step sheet and a video, and they got mad during COVID because... There was people who weren't releasing videos, and they had no place to dance. They don't have room in their house. They right. know right. they're really tiny spots. Or like you, you had didn't have Wi-Fi to upload anything. Right. So, and I also don't have room in my house. Well, <laughs> yeah. But like I would tell people, you know, if you're at an event, book a private. Mm, yeah. You know, book, yep. a, book a private with someone. You know, go up and approach them, have the time, see if they have the time to, to spend one-on-one with you because that's huge. And come with um, maybe a list of things you want to want to want to work on yeah it's too general i'm glad you said that kelly because privates are great but i think you need to have focus if you try to learn every aspect of technique in an hour it's not happening it's not going to happen number one you're you're not going to be able to focus on anything specific and sometimes people need more specific coaching in a specific area right like the lady who was doing the weird thing with her shoulder or the guy that was looking like he was going to take out half the room with his spins i remember um Someone I knew who started taking lessons with Brian came up to me at an event, and they asked me, they go, can you demonstrate a triple step? And I, first thing out of my mouth, were for what style of dance? Right. And they're like, well, no, just in general. I go, no, there's just not a general triple step. you got to tell me the beat. Well, like, is it an East Coast swing? Is it a polka? Because that's going to be how I do it. Because you do everything different depending on the type of music. Excellent point. Because technique is not just knowing how to, let's say, execute a triple in third or fifth foot position. It's also knowing what dance are you doing it to. Like yeah. what type of music? What is the rhythm? What is if the you, tempo? If you're doing an East Coast swing, it's going to be more down into the ground. If you're doing it in polka, it's going to be more up. And um, the other thing, and John, I don't know how much you remember this. The very first time me and John ever wrote choreographed together, we were writing Zero to Crazy. And at that point, we didn't know how well we were going to ever work together. We had right. very similar styles, but and it comes to find out we work very, very well together. Hence, why we've written other dances. We do this podcast. We work very well together. We might even have a world championship title. For we, we we, we do, um, but we're dancing Mississippi, uh, not Mississippi. Not. We're doing zero to crazy, and um, I think we're about twenty four counts in the dance. And I was doing something, and John stopped me. And he was like, "How do you do that?" <laughs> I go, what do you mean? He goes, my body does not move that way. How did you do that? I remember this. Hey, I know. Yeah, we're in the we're in the video room. We're at the, the hotel for the Florida Line Dance Classic. And it's just from me learning technique, my body has adjusted that I can do different things. You know, I was I, – I always ref, reference uh, this old partnership in couples, um, Danielle Bluen and Daniel Law. Danielle Bluen is, uh, runs uh, – the New Year's Eve floor play event now here in Orlando with April Prince. Uh, she's an amazing instructor over in the Tampa area. Uh, Daniel Law was her old partner. Used to be a pro-am guy. Um, left it. Left the dance world a while ago. Former Division One showcase couple. And I've watched them choreograph. And 
they used to do this thing that they would put themselves in the position and they go, okay, what, what is the most natural way to come out of this for your body type? And then they would do the opposite. <laughs> Cause one, they have the technique to stop themselves and, and go a different direction or a different angle Two, no one would be expecting it, mm-hmm. which if you know proper technique, some of the, the variations you could do in a dance or even the stuff you come up with choreography, you can think outside the box. Yep. John can tell you, he's seen many dances that I've written and thing. Some of the movement I have isn't the most conventional way of doing stuff, but because I have the proper technique and the proper training, my body works that way and I have, can break it down and show other people how to do that exact same thing. It's, it all works itself out. You know, Fred Whitehouse was not this amazing dancer until he learned proper technique. And now, and now look at him, Darren Bailey, Shane McKeever, Roy Fiona, Rachel, you have all these dancers that have this amazing technique because they went and learned it, yeah. and they came from this other world. All of those names that Kelly just mentioned, they've been through training. Huge. Right. Massive so, training. Daniel so, Trapat, Guillaume yeah. Richard, yep. uh, Jonas Stahlgren, Jose yep. Miguel Belocavagna. I'm like, I can go on. A lot of the dancers today, and this is different from back then, back, back from John's day, like you only had a handful of y'all. That actually came from the competition world. Most of y'all didn't. Most of the dancers today, for a good chunk, right now that are the younger, they all came from a competition background, so they are technically trained dancers. Here's, Huge difference right here's now. Here's one thing that popped into my head earlier that I also want to mention while it's percolating through my brain again. When you watch, and I don't care what it is, when you watch a dancer. And you feel something inside of you, whether it's it makes you cry or it makes you laugh or you go, you just go, oh, my God. Wow, that is amazing or whatever it is. Right. Why is it so amazing? And it could be any sport. It could be any physical activity. You watch somebody who can who, you know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, um, but skaters you like ice skating. Oh, my God. If you didn't know the technique. <laughs> Would you be able to execute a triple style cow or whatever it's called? I'm not a skating expert, but you know what I mean? The people, any of those things that you watch and you just go, wow, what is it about it that makes you go, wow? There's two factors. Number one, something about it visually excites you, right? You go, that looks cool. It looks cool, right? You watch Guyton dance. It looks cool. You watch Joe Thompson, Szymanski dance. It looks cool. You watch Rachel, Roy, all the people you name. There's something about it that just captures your eye. The other aspect of that is they know what the hell they're doing. Yep. They know how to execute it. They know how to pull it off. It doesn't ever look weird or awkward or clumsy because they've learned the proper technique for whatever it might be. Right. And before anybody says, oh, wait a minute, but they're only learning the stuff they've written. Mm-mm-mm. I will tell you one of my favorite performances in the line dance community ever was at the Florida line dance classic, but it was back when it was still Tampa Bay. It was in Tampa. I believe the video is still up on um, our YouTube channel, Seven Era Media. It's Fred Whitehouse dancing to Unsteady by Guyton Mundy. He put his own flair on a line dance that someone else wrote. You want to go watch some breathtaking dancing? Go watch that. That just proves you have amazing creativity, 
flawless technique and it's to something that he did not write that just shows it has nothing to do whether or not they came up with it it you like i can turn around and take a dance and i'll use one example perfectly my favorite line dance of all time hideaway cha hideaway cha i can guarantee you i can teach anybody technique to that why one i know technique two i'm really good with cha-cha and three i know the dance like the back of my hand it so it doesn't have to be you don't have to sit around and say you want to learn technique on a on 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 let's say a rachel dance you don't have to necessarily go to rachel will that help because she wrote it yes is but is there plenty of people out there that can teach you technique on a dance that rachel's written yes that's technique is technique you just got to find the person that knows the actual technique right and so when you're researching you know go online when you go online look up let's say you want to learn how to cha-cha better since you mentioned hideaway cha all right this is this is all related first of all find out what the nature of cha-cha is like what makes a cha 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 cha? First thing I'm doing is calling Brian Barakowskis, hands down. Regardless, <laughs> there's st- I I don't know of any in, in, when it comes to cha cha, especially in line dance. Best best person ever. I'm 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 sorry. No offense to any other person out there. <laughs> I'm going to Brian Barakowskis, hands down, any day of the week and twice on Sundays. <laughs> So that's the point, though. Find, Find someone, the person who's good. Yeah, somebody you can model, somebody you can learn from. Um, and if the first video you look up doesn't work for you, look up another one. That's the great thing about this resource. You can. I've researched a lot of things in my time. Um, I had to teach. Okay, I'm going to just throw this out there because I was asked to teach West Coast Swing at um, Mishnock and Friends. And mm-hmm. this was the last two two years in a row they've asked me to do this. Now, I love West Coast Swing. I wouldn't call myself an expert at it simply because I don't really get to West Coast Swing very often. Right. right? I know the basics. I'm very good at teaching the basics of West Coast Swing. I will say that. I'm excellent at teaching the basics. But I do not remember all the cool stuff I used to know years ago when I was doing it more frequently because I had a dance partner and we liked West Coast Swing together. So I don't know. I can't teach you like how to do all the tricks and the lean, you know, the dips and the leans and all that extra bonus Mm flair stuff. But I can teach you good solid technique for the basics. But ahead of the workshop, both times, I went online. I actually watched some of Brian's videos on West Coast Swing Online. I watched some other videos just to re-cement that information in my head because I'm like, I want to make sure I'm still teaching my basics the way they, you know, technique-wise, execution-wise, the way they should be. And again, my my knowledge was reinforced. Okay, yes, I'm doing it right. But that's what I mean. It's a never-ending process. I don't ever rest on my laurels and think oh i already know everything so i make sure that i and i watched because i like brian's stuff but i also watched some other stuff as well just to get everybody teaches it a little differently so i'm going to jump back to that again for a second make sure that you you get input from several instructors so let's say what and this is what i was thinking when you were talking about someone else can teach the technique for rachel's dance or or fred's dance or whatever everybody's going to teach it and approach it differently sometimes you're going to get rob glover did this cool little workshop at Worlds last year, and I do not remember what it was. I, like, I don't remember what it was called, but he was teaching people basically how to walk when I came, when I was there. And he was talking about rolling from the ball of your foot to the, you know, the flat and to your heel, blah, blah, and, and that whole thing about walking. And I'm going, most people don't even stop to think about how they walk. <laughs> 
But it's super important when you're dancing, the way you articulate your foot and which part of your foot's touching the floor. Is it the outside edge of your toe, the inside edge of your foot? You know, like which part of your foot striking the floor first? Are we talking about waltz? Are we talking about cha-cha? It's going to be different, right? It's going to be different for every one of it. Yeah, and that's part of what technique will teach you is that, and I don't know how to emphasize this more strongly, but every dance, and this is something I tell people too when I teach technique and, and coach, they shouldn't all look alike. No. Your waltz should look nothing like your East Coast swing. Nope. <laughs> right? But I see people who dance, line dancers specifically, who every dance looks the same. And I'm like, that doesn't look like a cha-cha to me. It doesn't – are you even hearing the the in the music? Like, because your body's not executing – your body's not showing me that you hear it's a, a two-step or an East Coast. Your yeah. body's not showing that to me. And that's part of what technique will help you as well. I really believe this with all of my heart. You will enjoy the dancing more because you will connect to that music more and you'll feel it in you. And you're like, oh, I know what a cha-cha should feel like. I know what a polka should be like, right? And you don't just imitate it. You don't go, well, everybody's bouncing around, so I'm going to bounce around too. There's actually facets to that. There's aspects to it to make it work properly on your body and your feet. And the big thing that this is, the, this is I find the key is don't just go to one person. On when it comes when I when I competed back years ago and this is true now that I'm starting to compete again don't just have one coach you know your job is to figure out what's going to work for you one you know every instructor might not work for you every coach um, when it comes to tech training on technique but like I'm not going to go to the same person nine times out of ten for hip hop that I do for cha cha why because normally the person that's the best at hip-hop isn't going to also be the best at cha-cha. They're going to be good. There's some great ones out there. Don't get me wrong. Shane could do both. Fred can do both. Rachel can do both. But I'm going to go, and I'm going to go, okay, well, obviously, I've already said, if I'm going to learn need cha-cha technique, guess what? I'm going to Brian. Hands down, nine times out of ten. Would I go to Brian necessarily for waltz? No. Does that mean he can't waltz? No, Brian is very, very good at waltz, but I know people that are better. Like I would go to Rachel or um, Daniel Trapot, Jonas, someone who I know are are very smooth-oriented dancers. Everybody has comes, their – and I think – Everyone think, has their niche. Yeah, and I think social dancers probably know this themselves because you guys listening to this, you know there's certain things that resonate better with you. Like some people – like for me – I do not feel very comfortable doing hip hop, right? And I, Guyton has said to me many times, you can do it. I know you can do it. And I'm like, but I don't feel comfortable, comfortable doing, it, doing right? it, right? I like things that are jumping around. I like the peppy things. Like syncopated rhythm is my most favorite dance ever. Why? Because it's super hyper and that suits my nature. But I also like really pretty stuff. I like the two extremes. Like I like the hoppy jumping around things. And then I like the super beautiful, like, nightclub two-steps or mm-hmm. or even a, a slower waltz where I have time to emote, right? Um, but – and this is, this is something that just popped in my brain as well. Let's say you do have a slower waltz. More technique is needed to execute – To go slow. Yeah. Then <laughs> – Sometimes for fast stuff, it does. right? So that's that's a whole other aspect of it. There's just technique is involved in everything that if you think about it, it's it's just I don't I my brain can't fathom why people don't want to learn it. And I'm going to say this even if you're you just go dancing every Tuesday, 
or you go to your bar and you just want to be a bar dancer. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. No. However, technique will help you. It's going to make it more fun. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Another thing that had popped into my head a long time ago that just popped back in my head now. Injuries. Okay, we talked briefly about the lady with her shoulder. I've been doing this since the 90s, as you were quick to point out. You were a child. But <laughs> but I don't really have injuries, not physical injuries from dancing. Like some people get bad knees. Some people's hips are bothering them. I don't really have any of that. Um, and I, th- I honestly feel – He says this as he – doesn't remember he wasn't hardly able to get out of the bed in our spare bedroom the other day. Well, that's because I'm old, right? And the joint, they, you know, and you can't help it. Joints do start to degenerate as you age. That's just. But what I'm saying is, Agreed. I haven't exacerbated any of it. Why? I really feel it's because I learned technique a long time ago. Yep. So I know, and I watch people dancing, and I've said this many times when I've done my classes at big conventions. I say, we're all aging, right? And usually. A lot of the line dancers are older, They, especially down here. They skew older. you got a lot of young people as well, but I'm just saying, in general, a lot of the line dancers skew older. And I'm like, as you age, your joints naturally start to break down. You can't stop it. It's the way the human body works. However, right. the way you use your joints can either make that worse or keep it from progressing, right? So I honestly feel like what I've been doing with, with learning technique over the years has helped me to stay in a fairly good shape of not injuring myself. And I know younger people than me who have a lot of physical injuries because of their dancing. And they actually know good technique, but they, they push it. Like they do things that stretch the human body a little too far. So point being, learn good technique and then know when to know what your limitations are if you're older maybe you maybe you need to learn a different way to turn so that you don't hurt yourself right um and good good technique will help you with that as well all it it just affects everything absolutely and guys again as uh we're winding this down if you have any questions on this please contact john and i we'll gladly help you uh find um, the person that was right for you will gladly, we know tons of people. We know tons about this topic. Um, we both have been taking, um, training for many, many years, um, in technique. So we know, we do know what we're talking about here. So we can absolutely point you to the right direction. Yeah. And it's never too late to start. Let's put it that way. You might have developed, as we said earlier, some bad muscle memory. Um, you might have some bad habits ingrained in you, but as I mentioned earlier, there are drills, there are things you can do to help yes. get that out of you and to get better. Absolutely. And again, um, if you have any other ideas for different topics um, for us to talk about, please message me, message John, send us emails on Facebook, anything. We will gladly talk about pretty much anything. We <laughs> talk We talk about stuff all the time, so we will gladly touch on any topic regardless of uh, what the outcome might be because – Again, this is called controversial conversations. Exactly. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, contact your event directors if you want to see more classes at yes. events. Yeah, let's you know. Yeah, get with your local. People. I want to emphasize that I'm, before we stop because it always has more impact and more value if it comes from the customer. Right. right. If the customer says, "I really want to have a technique workshop or a musicality workshop or a step sheet writing workshop or whatever," it's going to mean more to the event directors coming from you guys who are the paying customers. Yes, and because uh, it also is going to when when the the event directors reach out to the the staff and you know they ask, "Hey, they use a little reach out and say, "Hey, can you te- can you uh, submit this much stuff?" You know, instructors might get a little bit more 
joy out of saying, hey, we got requests for this. Would you mind teaching it? Because then they take a little bit more pride in it. You know, it's easy for instructors to, um, I don't want to say not enjoy it anymore, but I want to say they they enjoy it when it, they're doing something they want yes. to be doing. And that's a and whole nother That's a whole nother worms. show that yeah. we're not going to get um, into today. But you're absolutely right because I'm going to just say this really quickly. The last several events I've worked, and I just did one here in at the Florida Lions Classic. I had a class on musicality, and I did a workshop uh, where I taught in the beginner room, and I taught them one dance, but I also gave them five tips for easier learning. Those classes to me are much more rewarding than just coming in and teaching you guys 78 new dance routines, right? That may not be done and then within five months they might be gone because this information is useful to everybody and you can use it no matter what you're doing, whatever kind of dancing you're doing. So it is more rewarding. Absolutely. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you, you enjoyed the whole talk on uh, me and John talking about different technique and how to incorporate it and learning it and uh, all that nice jazz. So uh, once again, this has been Controversial Conversations. I'm Kelly Cavallero. And I'm John Robinson, also known as Mr. Showcase. And until next time, see ya.